Apologies for the limp. Uh, I wish I could tell you it was from a diving, game-winning catch at our Thanksgiving tur turkey bowl game. So I will. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Um, let, uh, David, uh, Chris, Mac, uh, they're all church planners. Uh, thanks for leading us today along with coffee over there. Appreciate it. Let us come before the Lord with thanksgiving. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for here today. And I'm personally grateful for you being here to celebrate the Lord's work through the collaborative efforts of HCPN, to celebrate new churches planted, relationships that have been forged, and an ever-growing sense of unity here in our city. Our prayer today is today that as we celebrate the Lord's work, that more than anything, it's not about us, but for the fame of Jesus in our city. You know, celebration, I think it is an important part of life and something I'm not the best at. Uh, my wife has to drive that in our house, uh, whether it be birthdays or Christmas. Our uh, Christmas's lights have been up since I think the week after Halloween, two weeks before anybody else on our street. Uh, she's a celebration waiting, waiting to happen, I like to say, and something I need to get bit, uh, better at. And it seems that, though, that in the Bible, that celebration is really a discipline. In fact, John Ortberg says the people of God in the Old Testament practiced strategic celebration as a discipline through regular, regular festivals. So today we wanted to celebrate God's work as we look back at the first 10 years of HCPN and then look forward uh, to what's ahead. So Nathan Cotton, uh, planter, uh, went through a residency last year, planting Haven Church out in Katy, shot me this, this email, and he goes, look at this gem I found. And it was actually uh, the first email I sent out inviting people to a gathering uh, in October 2009. And here's what it said. Thanks for attending some of what it said. I had the tendency to write too much, so I apologize. Thanks for attending the recent boot camp at Clear Creek Community Church. I hope it was an encouraging and challenging time for you. This email is to let you know about a cooperative church planning network kicking off here in Houston. The dream is to form a network that is committed to reaching every man, woman, and child in our region with the gospel of Jesus Christ through planting and partnering with missional churches. If you are interested in being a part of this initiative, there is some information below. I talk about a kickoff gathering on Wednesday, November 18, 2009. Then I continue, we don't really have a name for this initiative yet, but for now we'll just call it the Houston Church Planning Network. <laughs> yeah. We, we weren't the creative, the most creative bunch. Uh, the focus of our network will be planting churches in Houston. Our hope is that it will be a multi-ethnic and interdenominational. The network will consist not only of church planners, but also churches and organizations who desire to plant churches. If you can make it on the 18th, please RSVP. No, we've been asking RSVPs for 10 years, and some of you still haven't picked up on that yet. Just, just saying, just saying. Because of the holiday season, we will plan our next gathering for January. Please spread the word. And I'm here today to say thanks for spreading the word. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. One of the things I love that Samuel did after the Israelites defeated the Philistines was he took a stone and set it up. And the text says in 1 Samuel 7 that he named the stone Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. 
as I think back about uh, through HCPN, I think about those stones throughout the last 10 years. And, and together we want to say, thus far the Lord has helped us. When I think about the first, first stone, I think about that first gathering in November 18, 2009. In fact, I don't know if we can get the house lights up, but who was there? Who happened to be at the first gathering in 2009? So it's hard to see. See Ben out there, Daniel, Mitch, Bryant, Brad, Dale, a few others, Chris. Um, you know, it's a, it's a made couple pictures there. I think there's about 25, 30 of us uh, that looked about 10 years, maybe 20 years younger. That's, that's church planning years. That's what that'll do for you right there. Um, and, you know, I can't believe how fast 10 years has gone by. You know, things have changed, right? A uh, little less hair. Uh, Astros picked up the World Series. Uh, Instagram didn't even exist in 2009, and now we're on to something called TikTok. Uh, you know, we went from iPhone 3 to iPhone 11. Really, I don't think much has changed except for the price. Uh, went from Bush, who started in 2009 at the beginning, to Obama's uh, inauguration, uh, to Trump. And we've even seen Kanye West, who went from interrupting Taylor Swift at the VMA Awards to now becoming a leading evangelist for the church. So what hasn't changed, though, is since from the beginning, we'd say, we said we'd be about Houston. And although that hasn't changed, the city has. We went from 5.7 million in 2009 to almost 7 million, one of the fastest growing cities in the United States. We went from 1 million foreign-born people, uh, persons to 1.6 foreign-born, as Houston continues to be the most diverse city in the country. And what hasn't changed is that we wanted to take responsibility for Houston together. And as missiologist Jim Slack said, when the people of God, when God's people, excuse me, own the lostness of their geography, God moves. I'm grateful for that first stone. And I want to acknowledge a few other stones uh, today as we continue. So I've asked uh, a few of our uh, HCPN partners to come up, Jeff Wells, Blake Wilson and Jeremiah Morris, if they would. Uh, the next stone we had as they're making their way to the stage was a, it was a monthly gathering we had on August 28, 2013, actually at Kingsland Baptist. Jeff Wells was one of those pastors uh, whose that was their first HCPN gathering. Uh, Jeff, so if you would, just tell us a little bit about that day and why you believe in this cause of collaborating together to plant churches. Thank you, Chad. So Chad did not invite me to that first gathering, but about four years later, I invited myself to one. And I live in the Woodlands, Texas, which is far north. And this was a Kingsland Baptist in the far west in Katy. And so it took forever to get there, just like uh, some of you drove forever to get here today. I didn't know exactly what to expect, but I saw a number of pastors and like just about all of you, I have a heart for pastors, and so it was good to see some people that I knew and didn't get to see often. We had great food, as always. And most importantly, Bruce Wesley shared the vision of HCPM, which was my first exposure to it. And it was compelling to me. And I sensed in leaving, this is the sort of thing that Christ is about, that God is in this. I mean... Pastors gathering together to reach their city. I mean, what's not to like about that? Since then, I have been very engaged with HCPN. It's been all that I hoped it would be. Let me briefly explain three reasons why I believe in Houston Church Planning Network. 
Chad, despite uh, that uh, way that name came about, I'll just take the name. The three elements, Houston, Church Planning, Network. First of all, Houston. This is our city. Yes, I live in the Woodlands community. I live in a suburb of the city, but I read the Houston Chronicle. I cheer for the Houston Astros. I drive the Houston freeways. Houston is my city. And all through the Bible, of course, we see God's heart for the city, God's focus on the city. We see it no more, nowhere more clearly than with the Apostle Paul planting churches in the major cities of the empire and the gospel radiating out from there. The biblical focus on the city. When God launches the early church in the book of Acts, the theme verse in Acts 1-8, yes, we go to Judea and Samaria, and yes, we go to the ends of the earth, but it starts by reaching their city. Jerusalem was their city. If Jesus wept over the lostness of his city of Jerusalem, why would we not be broken over the lostness of this great city of Houston? If God's heart was broken by the 120,000 lost people in the city of Nineveh who did not know their left from their right, why would our heart not be broken over 7 million lost people in the city of Houston? The first reason I believe in ACPN is because Houston is our city. Second reason is church planning, and I don't think I need to say hardly anything else about that. Everybody in this room believes in the church, and we believe in church planning. We know that is God's way, God's ordained way for the gospel to spread around the world, for the kingdom to advance. It is through the church, and it is through the planning of churches. Because we follow the head of the church, the one who loves the church, we care about his church and about planning new churches. We are committed to church planning because God is committed to church planning. I believe in ACPN because church planning is God's way of advancing the kingdom. So we've got Houston, we've got church planning, and we've got network. Now, it's not actually the term network, but it's the concept behind the word, and that concept is where Steve Besner began us today. It is the concept of unity. There is no network without unity. No collaborative cause without teamwork, oneness, and unity. We know God's deep heart for unity. In fact, in my opinion, John 17, that prayer of Jesus about unity is almost disconcerting. Jesus is so strong on it. I mean, really? The only prayer for the future church, us, is unity, unity, unity? I mean, how big is the heart of God for our unity? It is so big. We know there is just one church in our city, Christ Church. We know that we belong to the same cause, Christ cause. We know there is no place for competition, jealousy, or gossip about other congregations. We know that our focus must be not just our congregation, but Christ's kingdom in the city. Our mindset is not our kingdom, but Christ's kingdom. And so we work together as churches because our city needs to see us work together. Yes. We work together as churches because we can do things together we cannot do alone. We work together as churches because that togetherness inherently thrills the heart of God. Yeah. Amen. 
For generations, we have seen how well it works when every church does its own thing. And it is past time, it is high time that we do it God's way, that is with one church together for the city. I believe in HCPN because God's heart is for unity. So ultimately, I believe in HCPN because God believes in it. God cares about our city, God cares about church planning, and God cares about unity. And if God cares, then we care. This is from an excerpt. Uh, there's a, Bruce wrote a book for Exponential called Collaboration for Multiplication. We got some out there a few years ago. Uh, and he writes, after the Kingsland gathering, this is what he writes. He said, the vision I cast that day was not new. I was singing the same song we've been singing for four years, but others finally began to sing along. After my talk, pastors and leaders from many churches expressed interest in collaborating together to plant churches. People asked for my notes. Others wanted to talk. Uh, to their group of pastors. What I hoped would have happened four years earlier when we gathered for the first ACPN meeting was finally happening. A wave was coming our way. And when a wave comes, you have to catch it. Our next couple markers, I'm going to have Blake come up uh, and then Jeremiah come up to talk about kind of some a gathering we had at First Pres and then some of our development into residency programs. I'm here simply to say I love Houston Church Planners Network. And the reason why I love Houston Church Planters Network is because I love the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I promise to be with you even to the end of the age. The reason why I love Houston Church Planters Network is because once a month, I'm able to be reminded that it's not about me and it's not about crossover, but it's about we and the Church of Houston. I love Houston Church Planners Network because I love Jason Shepard. I love Houston Church Planners Network because I love Russell Cravens. I love Houston Church Planners Network because I love Tony Villatoro and Sergio Garcia. And, uh, I love these men. And when I got invited back to First Presbyterian to a meeting to talk about uh, guys being centered around the gospel and church planting, I heard some churches saying, we want to be fully committed. We want to form an organization. We don't want to just pray about it. We want to pay and put some money on the table for it. And so we were there and these big gigantic churches were there and we accidentally got invited in to come with our little church. I heard guys saying, man, we got 100,000 on it. We got 250,000 on it. I looked over at my executive pastor and said, I got $3 in my wallet. You got, what you got? But however much or however little we had, we were 100% in and fully in because we knew what it was about. It was about reaching the city of Houston. And when you think about the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations, where else can you go once a month and be reminded of the multi-ethnicity of your city with all type of church planners, uh, Jason Tarn, Icky Soma, of different races, different ethnicities together. I love Houston Church Planner Network because I love Brian Lee, uh, Bryant Lee. I love Jonathan Brooks. And so as a result, when I look around the city, I look about what God has called us to do, that we as brothers and sisters have a commitment to make sure that every boy and every child and every man and every woman is reached for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just about our one individual church, but it's about the whole city, the Houston church. And so here's an interesting fact in my mind. When I used to, when I was a young man, I had a, a little less refined uh, food palate. I love this restaurant called McDonald's. <laughs> and growing up, I loved McDonald's so much, and I used to ride by and I'd see it, 300 million served. 
Then I see 400 million servers. I'm like, Dad, the number's going up. Dad, the number's going up. The other day I was talking to a guy and I said, man, we baptized five people the other day. He said, man, we baptized 13. I wasn't mad. I was excited that more people were being served. Amen. So if I can be excited about McDonald's serving a whole bunch of people, I ought to be excited about the Church of God serving a whole bunch of people. Amen. And so when we come together at the Houston Church Planners Network, I see churches doing amazing works that I celebrate in it, saying I'm a part of what God is doing through them. And that's what Houston Church Planners Network is. It's where we take the focus off the individual and we take the focus on the whole, what God is doing through Houston Church Planners Network. Therefore, I love it. I love the opportunity to collaborate. I love the opportunity to look at creating a new narrative among African-American churches and partnering with guys who are saying, let's put our resources together so that we can put something into African-American and Hispanic and Asian churches, a minority-based churches where historically that's not something we've done as a church. And so now you see guys coming together and saying, I got $5, I got $6, I got $7, it'll add up to $100,000 uh, that the other brothers are putting in. So I'm thankful and grateful that guys are saying, we wanna create a new narrative because we wanna make sure that everybody in this city is reached. And one of the things that I can say from being on the board is from the very beginning, as you look at each residency program, you've seen the multi-ethnicity and there's a true commitment to the multi-ethnicity because they wanna make sure that we reach the nations. And that's what God is calling us to do. And that's why I love Houston Church Planners Network. And that's why I love you. God bless you. Well, in many ways, my life and my ministry over the last six or seven years has been like a Petri dish experiment of the Houston Church Planning Network. When I first came, I, I came to a gathering as a staff member at an established tall steeple church, First Presbyterian that was about 180 years old. And we had a passion and a desire for church planning, but myself included, nobody, we didn't have situated wisdom or knowledge about how to go about that. But I'd heard about this thing called HCPN, and I went and sat in the back of the room, and I heard that vision cast by Bruce and by others up front, and my heart began to race as I realized that that passion and desire that I had and that our community had, that we were very much not alone, and that God had already put in place in our city all that was needed to accomplish his mission. And it didn't have to be in one particular community on one corner in the city because it was in his church all across the city. And so I began to come and I began to dream. And it was through that dreaming of sitting in the space where I was at that point and coming to HCPN that we began to dream about a collaborative church planning residency. And so I, in connection with Chad and Bruce and others, began to dream about what this could look like. And that first residency was started, a shared training experience where it was being funded by different churches from different denominations to identify and call out entrepreneurial aptitude and young leaders and then release them into the city. So I got to be a part of helping start that. In the first year, I was one of the trainers doing soul care with the guys. And, and so we did that and we went through it. And at the end of the year, these churches were planted and sent out. And it was a certain sense in which I thought, take me with you. You're going to live my dream. This is what I want to do. And so at that point, I actually applied for the residency for the second year. And so I went from being in an established church, helping to start and lead in this residency to being a resident. And I walked through the process the second year and it, it was transformative to learn to love the people that Blake was just naming by name, to sit in their offices and to learn at their feet, to all of a sudden have great leaders from all different backgrounds pour out from the overflow of their years of experience and have it begin to impact my soul and my ministry. It was stunning because at the end of the year when we planted Seven Mile Road, 
the team that I was with, the 34 in my living room in that planting process, we planted stronger and more faithful, faithfully and more fruitfully because of the gifting that God had placed in his church in the city all across the city. And so we planted and we planted strong and healthy and it was a great joy. And then we started praying and saying, well, we want to be a reproducing church. How are we going to go about that when we're trying to plant this one church and we're trying to we're trying to put it all together? And the great beauty was the benefits of HCPN continued to pay out in our story in our life. I connected with a church planner named Tyler Ballou coming from Austin, Texas, and he had heard about HCPN. He had heard about Seven Mile Road. And so we started forging a friendship. He applied for the residency. And as he moved to the city to go through the church planning residency, he locked in with our community is with us for 18 months. And so at two and a half years old. We were planting again and planting strong because of our connection with HCPN. And what I've come to realize is this. This network of networks in our city is such a gift of God, no matter what seat you're in. If you're in an established church, what this did in my soul and the souls of the leadership as we walked through that is it reinvigorated and it's called us to the kingdom work that God was already about in the city. As an aspiring planter, I could not imagine a greater gift than what I got to walk through in that residency. And then as a newly planted church that's small and just trying to figure it out, all of a sudden we were empowered to plant again, to be a multiplying church from the very start. This network truly has the fingerprints of God's grace and glory all over it. And it is a benefit to you and to your church, no matter what seat you're in and no matter what direction you're coming from. And these residencies continue to raise up, identify, and release entrepreneurial leaders into our city. And it's with great joy that I intend to stay deeply connected to this network because I long, I long to see our city so saturated in the presence of God that every man and woman and child has multiple opportunities to see, to hear, and respond to the gospel of God. So we're going to stay committed and keep planting these churches. I hope that you do the same. Amen. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think those markers on there, uh, some of the things that help move us, not only from a network, but uh, developing a network of relationships, but true partnership uh, in the gospel as we move from network thinking to really partner thinking together. I'll bring us to the fifth stone, and that's really today. Uh, I want to celebrate uh, our 10-year anniversary. And as I was thinking about, you know, today, I was just thinking about some of the words and just re reflecting on what, what is God doing right now? And some of the words that came to mind were, one was togetherness. Togetherness. Do you know this is from our first gathering? Today is our 88th gathering. So we've been doing, that's a lot of barbecue. Uh, we, we've met quite a few times where we brought in speakers, prayed together, uh, dreamt about the city together. So this is number 80, 88. We continue to do those, one, uh, because it reminds us of our mission. And because all, all of us go back to our other churches, you got stuff to do there. Realize that when we come together, it reminds us of this collaborative mission we're on. And two, it reminds us of the relationships, as Blake was referencing, the people that we get to see in the room uh, who are after this together. Also on togetherness, I think of uh, are the collaborating networks. So one of the things you heard one, the expression today already, we're a network of networks. So right now we've got 33 different networks that say, hey, we're, we're part of HCPN, we're connected to HCPN, we're leading our own network, but we're also part of something bigger here in the city. So I'm excited, there's, the, there's a list you see right there. If is any of our leaders that are leading one of those networks, show of hands, I see Josh over there, saying it, grateful for you, grateful for y'all. 
um, Ben back there, Kendall, uh, people that are, uh, lots of those people planting churches, leading networks. Um, it's just exciting to see the collaborations we come together and, and people for each other uh, for the kingdom of God. And then the togetherness, I'm just thankful for the, the relationships that have been established. I love this, this picture right here of Jason and Daniel. That was taken at our first gathering in 2009. Jason uh, was on the left there, was an established church in Pearland that he was leading. And Daniel was just getting ready to be sent out uh, to plant in Pearland. And here they are praying for one another. But what's interesting about this picture, just last year, this in this last year, these guys have decided to merge their churches. They felt like they could be more strategic for the gospel uh, in the city of Pearland if they worked together. So now they've merged together. It's just cool to kind of reflect on that picture and just see just as a, the fruit of relationship uh, over time. And I know I'm personally thankful for the relationships that I've developed in this room and um, look forward, uh, you know, the, these times you get like a few minutes, hey, how you doing? Uh, you know, brief conversations and it makes me look forward to eternity, right? Where you're gonna have some time to hang out on a wall or wherever we're hanging out and just really uh, enjoy not only Jesus, but I really believe one another. So I'm, I'm excited that I will get to spend eternity with y'all. That leads me to my second word, frontline. And frontline, that's just you planters. Uh, that are out there, those that have uh, been on the front line in military terms. It's when you face the, it says when in military terms, when you face the front line, you face the enemy. So thank you for what you're doing to face the enemy, to plant churches, to push back darkness in every nook and cranny of our city. I'm extremely grateful for how you've led, uh, how you've led your families, how you've led the church and excited to be on this journey with you and get and have a chance to play just a little part in that. You know, I put some some of the wins that I feel like we've seen in our, our city. You know, the churches we have connected to HCPN uh, right now, 80 of those churches were started in the last 10 years. Wow. 80 of those churches. Isn't that exciting? That when we gathered in 2009, it was a much smaller room because of that reason. In fact, who belongs to a church that is either a church or a campus that has started in the last 10 years? Just raise your hand. Yeah, you see the, hand, the hands go up. That's, I mean, I'm just jazzed about that. Um, we've also had 115 people go through our functional residency, which we started four years ago, which is a pipeline for future residents, and 36 uh, go through our finishing residency. And so we're excited about that. Third word that came to mind, and I think we've only cracked the surface here, but is diversity. Uh, we, we see that here, and Blake touched on it, that we want to see an increasing diversity. And I think we've only scratched the surface. And we want to see multi-ethnic churches planted, but also churches in specific uh, languages and people groups uh, to, again, reach every people group in the city. And we're going to continue to push into that. In fact, some of our spring speakers for 2020... We've got Eric Mason coming in, Brian Loritz coming in, Robert Guerrero, who leads the Hispanic Initiative for City to City with Tim Keller. So excited about us to continue to move into uh, that uh, over the next 10 years. And I'm especially thankful for HCPN Espanol. So we started this year. We've had a group working on that. Uh, grateful for the development team. I'll call these guys out, Byron, Doug, Jaime, Martin. Uh, grateful for you guys. In fact, if, you, if you've been involved in the developing team for that, if you've been a trainer for that, or if you've been one of the initial functional residents for that, would you stand up quick? Just want to acknowledge you. And I know you're here. So I know some of you. So grateful, grateful. The final thing I just want to mention I'm thankful for is, is movement. 
uh, movement. Right now we have 117 churches connected to HCPN. And when I think about that first gathering in 2009, Ben, well, we could count maybe 10 churches that, that we knew of that had a heart for church planning. So it's just cool to see that expansion grow. The churches that not only had, were committed to the gospel in Christ, but committed to the city, committed to collaboration, and committed to church planning. So I dream of when that's going to be 200, 300, 400 churches uh, working together. In fact, let me just point out, we, if, you, if you are not connected and want to connect, you'll have an opportunity at the end to fill out a card or visit. We launched a new website today, actually, as well. So you can go check out that later, see if your church is on there. And maybe you think you are or you're not, there's a place to connect on there. Uh, if you're interested in, in uh, joining together to reach the city. And the last thing I'm thankful for in terms of, of movement is just this list of cities. So one of the things that we're, we've seen is God is not only uh, moving his people towards the, a great commission, but he's moving his people towards a great collaboration. And this isn't only happening in Houston. It's really happening over all over the world right now. In fact, the exponential, exponential theme for this coming year is going to be the great collaboration. And the fun thing is because we're just a little, a little ahead of some of these other cities is getting calls on a consistent basis like, hey, can you hey, tell me about this? What are you doing with this? Oh, you're doing res how does that work? And so we've had a chance. There's just some of the cities that we've had to talk to, had a chance to talk to and coach uh, in the last year. So just know what's happening in here is having ripple effects, not only across the United States, States, but around the world. And I'm excited about that and continue to uh, be jazzed about what God has in the future. So a lot to be thankful for. I'm going to leave it there and just, I'm going to ask Ken to come up and just lead us in a time of prayer and just uh, thank the Lord. And he's going to come up and then uh, we'll have a couple more things and Bruce will come talk to us. Well, I <clears throat> will add only just this word and that is, uh, I remember what it felt like to start a church in the prior century <laughs> when there was no networks, when there was no HCPN, and, and when one didn't have all the things that we have now. I was uh, focusing this morning on my devotion, in my devotions in 2 Timothy 4. And one of the saddest lines, I think, is where Paul wrote, no one came to my support, and everyone deserted me. And even as I was journaling, I said, you know, Lord, I, I remember that feeling myself. I remember feeling that sense of aloneness, and there was no HCP in. But thanks be to God that now there is. And one of the great joys of being in ministry today, certainly for me and I think for all of us, is that we have one another, that we're not doing it by ourselves, but as Jeff put so passionately a little while ago, that we're doing it together for the Lord, for this city, and that's a great joy. And uh, so we get to know the joy that uh, the psalmist wrote about, that there are friends who stick closer than a brother. So in that uh, mindset, let's go to the Lord and say thanks right now. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to come this day to celebrate what you have done. Thank you, God, for Bruce and for his spouse, wonderful spouse, Susan, and for the heart, the passion that you gave to him, the vision to do something that was new, that was different, that was better, that was biblical, that was transformational for this city that would begin to pull us 
from our own disparate uh, individualized selves into something that was grander and greater and more biblical and more unified so that we could see the gospel move forward so that we could see lives changed and souls saved and disciples being made. Thank you, God, for all that you've done these last 10 years. Thank you, God, for Chad, who gives leadership, and Micah, who assists with all that's happening in HCPN. Thanks for the many pastors now who are apart and churches that are apart, financially apart, emotionally, prayerfully apart, spiritually, and in coaching and mentoring as well, God. I'm thankful for all the people who sacrifice time and I know personally the joy and the sense of just fulfillment that I feel every time the phone rings or there's a text from a planter saying, hey, what would you do about this? And remembering when I didn't have somebody like that to ask, thank you, God, for HCPN. Thanks for the impact that is being made and for the greater things yet to come, for the certainty that we have that the best is indeed yet to come. As wonderful as these 10 years have been, Lord, won't you, as we go forward, continue to put your hand of blessing upon us? Won't you, God, continue to multiply the impact? Give us courage always to choose the hard right over the easy, wrong keep our heads cool but our hearts warm lord that we will always lead with integrity and love and full of the gospel of jesus for it's in his name we pray amen wow so much we've already said and so much i'm about to say uh, i just want to start by saying Thank you to so many of you. You know, it, it really feels odd to me somewhat to be uh, the person who gets to hold a microphone right now because I, uh, I know that much of, of what we celebrate, and my name's been used a few times. It's like, okay, you know, when you have, when you just send out the invitations to the party, that doesn't make you the person that made the party happen. You just send out the invitations, right? And when I look back over the last 10 years, oh my gosh, so many of you. I just wish there was some way that we could go and tell the story of each of you who have been a part of making the Houston Church Planning Network a reality. And I'm going to call some names. I wish I could call everyone's name who's invested so much. Because this is, this is our party to say thank you to Jesus for what he has done in and among us. Uh, I want to say thank you to Chad Clarkson. This would not happen without Chad's leadership. I, you know, I, I want to tell everyone who's leading in the cities that he's coaching now, be careful that you don't try to row up that your river without a Chad in the boat. You know, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to have someone who's got that kind of a gift and uh, is willing to love people and meet people like he does and help us come together uh, without the board. Uh, if you're a board member, if you'd stand just so we can say thank you to you and your leadership. I'm not being self-deprecating when I say this. 
every one of these guys invest in church planters more deeply than I. I mean, more that their lives are so open and deeply investing in church planters that I'm just proud to be uh, in the room with them. And I, I mean that with all my heart. So uh, those of you who are part of uh, resource churches, we're so grateful that you partner with us, that you're now investing in church planters. And we're all getting to celebrate multiplication more readily because we're investing in church planters. If you are uh, a church planter at in any of the residencies, we just kind of raise your hand. Just look around the room if you would. All, all of you who have been trained somewhat at your AC camp. Wow. So much we want to celebrate, but let, let's just start out with this. Let's acknowledge we stand on the shoulders. We stand on the shoulders of people who cried out for this city for a long, long time before you and I ever showed up on the scene. People who their yearning was to see something that we get to be a part of. We stand on the shoulders of a prayer movement about 25 years ago. And some of you in this room who have white hair like me and even whiter, were a part of crying out to God. And our prayers wafted up to heaven as an incense before God and the Holy Spirit brought this wrecking ball on racism, on classism, and on denominationalism. And I'm not fooled. I know some of those walls still exist. But so many of them have come down. And we stand on the shoulders of people who cried out to God for that very thing to happen. We stand on the shoulders of those who practiced collaboration against the tide of a church culture that was really more about competition and isolation. I mean, before us, there were those churches that were in the suburbs that would cooperate with urban churches because they knew they had something to teach one another and ways to help one another. And there were pastors that when it wasn't cool, we're deeply investing older pastors into younger pastors. And there were church leaders, denominational leaders across our city who are pointing us to a better day of working together. And we stand on their shoulders. I was a young pastor then, like some of you are today. When I heard Steve and Paul Johnson, two brothers, cast a vision for a church planting movement. I had never heard that language in my life. And as a young man, I heard that. And as vividly as I remember this morning, I remember the moment my heart is about to beat out of my chest. And I just say, dear God, let me be part of something like that in my lifetime. And I cannot help but believe that this is a part of that prayer in my life. And of prayers like that in many of your lives, as God has been faithful to us. I, I can agree with Ken. You know, when we planted Clear Creek, I could count the number of church planters on one hand. And that, that may sound like we're saying, man, we walked to school uphill both ways in the snow. I know. <laughs> but, but it's really true. I mean, there were no church planting networks. Church planting was a subversive movement, really. But it is a new day. Amen. It is a new day. 
And part of it being a new day is that Christendom is dead. Part of it being a new day is that we are in a post-Christian culture. And just over the last decade, 12% fewer Americans profess to be Christians than even one decade ago. We're in a new day because we've been losing ground. And to do church as usual is just not going to cut it. In this new day, a new chapter of God's work in Houston is being written. And we get to be part of it. We've been handed the pen along with others to help write where the story of God's church in Houston is going to go. And I don't pretend to be the one outlining the story or something. It's not my story to tell. I know that. But like you, I have a vision for the church in our city. It's what we dream of, hope for, pray about, work toward. And surely God's plan for his church in Houston is more than you or I can ask or imagine. But it is not less. It's not less than at least these three abiding aspirations. Number one, a multiplying movement of church planting churches that saturate the city in our lifetime. Only when we see this multiplying movement of church planting churches will we see the glory of God cover our city like the waters cover the sea. For the local church is God's primary redemptive agent in the world. This is the, this is the pattern. You open your Bible, you read the book of Acts. This is the pattern we see. People come to faith in Jesus. They gather into churches and they don't stay. But some of them go out from that church and they evangelize until they gather a new group of believers and they plant church after church just like this. One church plants another that plants another that plants another. And that's called multiplication. And so the book of Acts says in chapter 9, verse 31, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, notice those three regions, very different people, they had peace. And it was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. The church multiplied when the church thrived. This is what we do. Church planting is the core commitment for the evangelization of the city. It's the core commitment for the transformation of our churches. So we don't make it all about us. We've said all along a great movement in our city is not about large churches. It's not about TV preachers or big personalities. What we need is not a herd of elephants. We need an infestation like a field of mice. We need to love our way into every dark corner of the city and establish gospel carrying people who will push back the darkness, Put, push back the darkness of oppression and addiction and greed and gang life and extend the grace of God across our city. Now here's the deal. <laughs> a dream like that requires raising up a whole army of people who will be planting churches. And we're raising up this army from a valley of dry bones. But we should not fear. 
This is not his first rodeo. Raising up an army of people from dry bones. God is a God who's calling out 15-year-olds. He's calling out businessmen and businesswomen who so want to go do this new thing of starting a, a missional community that will bring the gospel to our dark city. And so if such a movement is to happen, some other things must happen first. Existing churches will have to take responsibility, geographic responsibility, so that every man, woman, and child in all these geographies can hear the gospel. Dead and dying churches will be resurrected to mission. Years ago, I pastored a church just inside the loop, and the community was declining, and I thought maybe that church would die. But John Wellington pastors that church now. And John was, uh, he was a little boy at that time. And he's been raised up by God to be a godly man who has brought that church to a new day, new day church. And God is doing a fantastic work. This is what he's doing all across our city. We're large resource churches. Don't ignore the blaze of God in our city. But they awaken in the middle of the night with this dream of being a part of all that God is doing. Not just giving those resources just to themselves, but for the sake of others. Dave Ferguson congratulated us. Some of you weren't in the room at this time. But he talked about Sam Stevens of the Indian Gospel League who planted 100,000 churches in India. And Sam says, networks are the backbone to movement. A multiplying movement will only happen when we establish more and more networks, like the Sojourn Collective. Amen, you guys. Like the Houston Collective, like church project churches, and the broader networks too, like denominational churches and networks. And Acts 29, and ARC, and more and more. And if I didn't mention your network, I'm sorry. We're, just, we're happy for it, though. See, our vision is a pipe dream without these things. Without some of you establishing new networks that are going to reach into new groups of people. And these networks are the backbone of reaching our city. If a multiplying movement is going to happen, the second aspiration must happen too. And that is a Christian community that looks like the kingdom of God. Revelation 7, you know this passage. And after this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, were standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the picture, right? I mean, I want to celebrate what Houston Northwest was doing in uh, the International Friendsgiving. What an awesome thing! All these foreign-born citizens who know nothing about Thanksgiving are getting welcomed into a church so that they have relationships. We have real relationship, even though our culture and our languages are even different. What a beautiful picture of what local churches must lead out in doing. 
The church is going to Revelation 7. We're all going to be celebrating the fact that our oneness is found in Jesus alone. And so every tongue, every nation, every tribe, the church leads the way in seeing this diverse city begin to function as one community that loves each other, even though we're so very different. And in order for that to happen, there are some collective identities that have to take root in us. We are missionaries. No matter what neighborhood you come from or what part of the city you live in, what language you speak, when God saves us, he sends us. And so as a single community, we are missionaries for the kingdom of God. We love Jesus together. We love our community together. And we are captivated with the beauty and the power and the centrality of the local church. And so, like Jesus, we're just the friends of sinners all across this city. Our collective identity as missionaries is that we preach a gospel that God has done something for us that we can't do for ourselves, right? And when we preach a gospel where a savior who lived a sinless life died on a cross, and there's a reason for that, because he was demonstrating God's justice and satisfying that justice, and because he's extending a love to us, and he didn't stay dead, he was raised from the dead. We preach about a Jesus who makes dead people alive again. Amen. He brings the dead back to life. And so when we preach that in our churches, when we preach a gospel like that and we say, this is our meeting place, we meet with Jesus. We meet at Jesus. We meet at proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. Here's what we can count on. We can count on everything else that's not near as important, that sometimes divides us, kind of finding its way to the backdrop. Because the foreground is a cross and a resurrection, and it is a hope. It is a hope. It's a bridge that gets built into every relationship. It's the tearing down the walls that divide us. It's the insistence that we preach grace upon grace upon grace. Because that's what's going to change the human heart and change the home. And it's going to change our city. We are missionaries. Listen. It's a fun event and a good meal, but it's a pipe dream. If we don't collectively own this identity together, the fact that we may have different color skin or a different culture that we came from cannot be the thing that defines us. We are missionaries together. And it only makes sense that we would do this together because the other part of our identity is we are family. God has made us family, red and yellow, black and white. We are precious in his sight. And we are common sons and daughters of our heavenly father, the most high God. And our love, our love comes from him. He is the means and measure of that love so that no one walks alone. With this collective family identity, we depend upon one another. We defend one another. We help each other. We speak the truth to one another. 
Each one of us has a brother, a sister that we can call for a lifeline. We are a family, listen, of godly people because we're like our father. Healthy people because our father's way gives life. And trustworthy people because faithfulness runs in our family. We are not competitors, critics, cynics, or scoffers. We don't talk about each other. We talk to each other. We are sober. We are supportive. And my success is your success. And your success is mine. After all, we're about the family business. We're not like the competition in the business uh, in the business world, but we embrace collaboration and we love each other. And so we give freely to each other because we are family. And that's what the kingdom of God must look like in a city where the church is collaborating to multiply churches, to saturate a city in our lifetime. Friends, listen, listen. I mean, if, if our relationships grow deep and filled with trust, especially when it's with someone who doesn't look like you and wasn't raised in the same neighborhood or had the same experience as you, all of a sudden, just like what Jeff said earlier, I mean, it's Jesus' high priestly prayer coming true. We are one so that they might believe. Here's the third aspiration. We hope to build a culture together that produces a community of healthy church planters who plant healthy churches. Healthy church planters are exponentially more likely to plant healthy churches that plant churches. It is about people being healthy in their walk with God, rooted in the gospel as they go to plant churches. And I got to tell you, we started with a hope that uh, church planters would not feel isolated and alone because what Ken was saying earlier, I so relate to one of the loneliest experiences of my life was planting a church. And so we gather around tables. If you're new around here, you should know we, we gather around tables so we can pray for our city with one another. And we gather so that you can look across the table at someone who is sharing the same kind of challenges you're sharing or you're experiencing. And at least once a month, someone can look you in the eye and say, you're not crazy. <laughs> to live the difficult life, to embrace the kind of obscurity that you and your family are laboring in, you're not crazy for this. Because... You are an answer to prayer that God would raise up those who will lead churches, that will multiply churches all across the city. And so our hope is that we connect every church planter with a network of like-minded people so that you don't walk alone. And connect every church planter with resource churches who will pray for and give to and celebrate with every church planter in our city. And so we have to make this commitment to say, we're going to become this kind of community that reinforces the health of church planters, which here's an essential thing, which means we're going to celebrate what it means to really abide in Jesus. 
to find our life and our strength in Jesus. To not buy into the lie that our our identity is rooted in the success or failure, the fast growth or the struggle of the local church that we're planting because our life is in him. The very one who said these words, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said this, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. So a whole culture of healthy church planters, we look around the room and we can see it. We can see it in one another. That person who needs someone to walk alongside them and come put an arm around them and say, I see you. And what's better, God sees you. And he who gives rest and gives life is with you. So that no one's walking alone. It's going to mean that we we see leaders of different people groups and language groups raised up across the city and are resourced by some of us who have resources so that they can begin to pour into more church planters who don't look like me. If we are committed to doing that, what we become is this healthy community that is made up of a whole lot of different kinds of people who have one thing in mind, glorify God by planting churches, multiplying churches that saturate this city. So three aspirations, a multiplying movement of church planting churches a Christian community that looks like the kingdom of God. A community of healthy church planters who plant healthy churches. Some of you in the lobby were pretty surprised, at least in my conversation with you, you're saying, really, it's 10 years? Doesn't seem like it's been 10 years. Well, that's because the first four years were really slow. <laughs> I mean, really slow. A handful of you in this room, you carried the water a long time. But at the interest meeting that Chad talked about, I cast a vision that's not dissimilar to some of the things I've said to you today. At the end of that, I asked this question. Who will take responsibility for our city? I mean, you've taken responsibility for your church. But if if there were to be a city in the United States of America or even a city in the world where we actually get to see a revival, a movement, a saturation of churches all across the city, who's going to take responsibility for that? Who's going to pray the prayers and train the planters? Who is going to add to their preaching schedule a call to say, come be a part of a community that we are going to send out so you can go give money somewhere else? 
Who's going to do that? Who's going to add? Which pastors are going to add to their schedules, their already busy schedules, a time where they have to drive someplace and sit down with a handful of church planters and invest in those church planters? Who's going to do that? Because those are the people who are taking responsibility for the city. Who's going to look into the decision maker's eyes about a church budget and say, we, we could invest money so that there's this river of resources that are going into multiplying churches to saturate our city. Who's going to do that? God has so richly blessed us. When Chad talked about mine Ebenezer, raising up mine Ebenezer, the Lord has helped us. That's We've got so much to be thankful for. But the future is kind of wrapped up in the question, who's going to take, take responsibility for it in these years to come? So I say that we respond and close this day by saying to your question, Bruce, that we together will take responsibility and invite any other pastors, Christian leaders in the city to join with us. We need every single one of us. And I hope you have the heart and the spirit that Jeremiah ended with this morning saying, I'm not only ready to benefit and be a part of this, but I will continue to be a part of it. I know he means it for the rest of his life. And many of you have been, and we are so grateful that so many have been fully engaged, like Jeremiah gave voice to. But um, some of you have been somewhat involved. Could I encourage you? Uh, you were somewhat involved with the first 10 years, and we had a great start, but it's just the start. How about the next 10 years and beyond? You be as engaged as Jeremiah Morris, talking about that. And that is going to look different for each one of you. Uh, it's going to mean some money, because not so much that we need it, but you need it. You need some skin in the game. And if you're the tiniest of churches, you need to be given some. Uh, some churches here need to give $100,000 a year. Uh, but this is our city, and if we're going to take responsibility, we'll put our money where our mouth is. Now, for all of us, it's going to involve some time. Uh, you, you're going to help mentor and cheerlead and spend time with and encourage and pray for uh, young church planners in the city or younger church planners. You may help train. Uh, some of us uh, teach preaching classes or time with God or leadership, and that might be part of your role, but it's going to take some time. Maybe more than anything, it's going to have the deep mindset uh, this is not, um, we're going to do this together. Uh, this is not them on their own. We will stand with them and pray with them and cheerlead them and be for them. They will not do this alone. Now, if the Spirit is this morning is saying to you, yes, I'm in this. I'm in this. Uh, I, I want this kind of movement in Houston. Then please join with us. And what if in our lifetime, what if before even Bruce and I die, what if in our lifetime we see this kind of movement that Bruce had just talked about, where there are these thriving, healthy church plants all over the city, and men, women, and children are hearing the gospel, and the fabric of our city is being transformed. What if that happens? Well, 
You don't want to miss out on that. And if we were part of it, then uh, it will have been worth every sacrifice. But if it does not happen that we see this kind of movement in our lifetime or this kind of transformation city in our lifetime, then I would say to you, Jesus Christ is still worthy of our every sacrifice. Amen. He is worthy of your life. And your church is not a big enough vision for you to give your life to. But this vision, this is a big enough vision to reach the great city on the heart of God together with churches throughout the city. This is a big enough vision for you to give your life to. And let's do it. Let's do it. It reflects the heart of God. If you please pull out those little envelopes on your table. Uh, just quickly spread those out around the table, the little envelopes. And just look at the, uh, pull them out real quick. And if you would just put down your name, email, contact information, just so we have that correctly. And would you please check one of those or maybe several of these boxes? I want to get involved with HCPN. Please contact me. Many of you have been, but some of you have not yet been. Or maybe please add me to the list for the email updates that Chad and Mike have sent out. Or I'd like to give a celebration gift a blank. Or we'd like to be a regular giver. Contact me to set up gifts and Chad and Michael will get back to you. If you would please fill that out and then those large envelopes, uh, there's one large envelope per table. If you just stick that in that envelope, then we'll pick it up. But don't miss out on the fun and the great adventure that God has told us. Let me just pray, and you can complete those envelopes. Lord God, we bless you because you're our God. You are worthy of everything we do for the gospel. Lord, I want to thank you for what you've done, Lord, Lord for the for the 10 years we've had so far. We're going to thank you, Lord God, for every single person who's locked arms for this cause. Lord God, would you please multiply for the glory of Jesus. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody say, Amen. 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 Thank you all so much for coming. You're dismissed.